Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the Start It Up podcast. It's Friday. That means we have crucial conversations. As always, I'm with Jamal. Jamal, how you doing? I'm doing excellent today. All right, so we've been talking about money all April, whether it's teacher side hustle or school funding. And as we had been talking about, if people want to write into the show and give us some of their opinions, we told them that we'd love to have that and every now and then have them on the show. Well, that is exactly what we've done today. We have on Tom Gibson, and he's got some opinions on students and money in classroom economy. Tom, thanks for being on the show. Yeah, it's good to be here. So, and, and let's just go, um, your background, you have a podcast your own. Give us all the deets on that. Um, I am a middle school math, robotics, and YouTube video production teacher in Austin, Texas. I'm in my eighth year of education. Um, I have a podcast called Stories from the Classroom, which is like an NPR-style narrative podcast where I'm looking at different innovative ideas that teachers are doing in the classroom. And something I try to include is uh, actual classroom from the audio. If I'm interviewing a teacher about something, I'm hearing that teacher interact with the students about the innovative thing that they're telling me, um, and then kind of put that all together and usually have nice music and things like that. Um, and I started that about a year ago. And as far as the classroom economy, it is something that I have been experimenting with since 2013. Uh, but it's a way that I, uh, manage my classroom where the kids have classroom jobs. Um, they have a salary for their jobs. They pay rent on their desk uh, they, until they buy their desk and maybe eventually buy other people's desks and become landlords. Uh, and they participate in classroom auctions. Um, they pay taxes. They can start a business and a ton of other things. Wow. That's, yeah, I know. <laughs> wow. Uh, so let's, let's go back uh, to that. You know, where was the origin of this? When did you, I mean, I, like we could spend all 20 minutes on why we need to, but mm -hmm. I think that's too many podcasts. Like we, we all, we all get it. Like, yeah, we need to involve more, you know, financial literacy into our curriculum. Awesome. Mm -hmm. We got it. When did this start and how did it start? I was reading a Rafe Esquith book. I can't remember which one, but he talked about having a classroom economy. And I thought that's super cool. I was teaching fifth grade at the time. And so I just kind of took some of the things that he had said in that book, whether I think it might've been, I don't know if it was teach like your hair's on fire or there are no shortcuts. Um, but I kind of hodgepodge something mid-year just to experiment with it. Um, but then I found out that Vanguard, uh, the financial company, partnered with him and they created a ton of free resources and a pretty robust uh, system um, that's available at myclassroomeconomy.org. Um, and then I started doing that where they gave you ideas for classroom jobs um, and how to actually implement this economy into your classroom and how students can get bonus money and pay fines if they need to. And so that was the book was what inspired it. And then finding out that there were other resources uh, available online is what really kind of helped me dive in and have a little bit of a, a structure and a plan and how to do it. And every year, it's been a little bit different and I've kind of actually moved away from the way they do it on myclassroomeconomy.org, um, which is very much a paper-based system, which I found was taking a ton of time. Um, and I've kind of moved to nearly all digital uh, classroom economy. And what's been the response from the, from the students? I mean, how, like, and, and talk to me about that learning curve on how you went from the start to then becoming them having landlords and everything else. Yeah, uh, the student, the reaction is great. Um, the students, I usually talk about one of the first couple days of school. Um, I introduce the system and I have to do it kind of gradually because they have millions of questions like that first day. And I'm like, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. I promise. Um, and 
it's always one of the things when the students are filling out uh, feedback at the end of the year was like, what was one of the things that was uh, most meaningful to you this year in the class? Uh, classroom economy is always at the top of the list. They love the classroom auctions and everything like that. Um, but I usually start out uh, letting them know what the goals of the economy is, is them to learn how to how to make and manage money. Um, they get an opportunity to create a little bit of a business plan, which really is just a Google form that says like, what do you want your business to be? You want a product or a service? Um, and then they'll do, uh, they'll, I'll approve it and they can sell items to their classmates. Um, and I've used a variety of different online banking tools um, that have helped me because uh, the myclassroomeconomy.org had like, you have bankers, but they were keeping paper documents of everything. And I was just like, oh, this is taking forever. And so there's actually quite a few online resources that you can um, create art an artificial banking system uh, for your classroom. And every student has their own account. Uh, they can deposit, they can withdraw, uh, they can transfer money uh, to each other, which I generally try to limit because they'll just get, try to do like, here's $5. Let me have my $5 back just to, to play with it. But I limit it to just if you, if you bought something from another, another student, um, those websites, uh, my, mykidsbank.org was one of the first ones that I used. Uh, bankaroo.com, um, is also one. And I like that one because they've actually got uh, a little feature where students can have goals and a little kind of like a savings account. Uh, but the current one that I've been, that I'm using that has uh, probably been the best is Boule Bank, B-O-U-L-A-Y, uh, bank.com. Um, because that one's cool because as far as like uh, they have to pay a thousand dollars rent a month um, and their jobs are usually just a little bit above that um, as far as their jobs like the classroom jobs are things that usually kind of take care of the duties that I would normally be doing. So it's freed up a lot of time for me. Um, I have someone that writes the agenda on the board. I have someone that creates uh, posters for the classroom every month. Um, I have someone who is an assistant grader, um, but really that's just going into uh, Khan Academy, which we use in my classroom, taking a screenshot of all the students that have completed the work because I give them my login and all this other stuff, but they have to, they have to sign a confidentiality agreement. And then they, they email me the screenshot and that saves me a little bit of a time. I have a student in most of my classes that is a photographer and videographer where they have access to our class Instagram account and they can post things. And so we talk about digital citizenship, uh, privacy things, not using other students' names, um, making sure that if there's any students that don't want to be filmed, they're not doing that. Um, I have an auctioneer where they have to go to local businesses and tell them about our classroom economy and ask for donations. And they have a little letter that I give them. Uh, I have a fine officer where each week they don't actually write the fines, but I have a little spreadsheet uh, where they actually, I write down if a student was off task or if they're missing work or if they don't have their supplies or if they're rude to somebody, each fine being a different value. And then at the end of the week, that fine officer writes out the tickets, delivers them to the students and makes sure that the student pays online and then checks it off on the clipboard. Uh, I have someone who takes attendance for me. Um, I have a couple bankers that monitor some of the online banking stuff and make sure that the student's bonus money uh, is deposited uh, because at the end of the month, they get opportunities to make bonus money from doing well on tests or coming into office hours or getting lots of Khan Academy points or doing these math puzzles and uh, or just being a part of extracurricular activities. 
Um, I've got someone who straightens the tables out every morning. I've got someone who uh, goes to find all the other students if they have to come in during lunch. Uh, so I don't have to go find students to come do their jobs during lunch because some of them have lunch jobs um, and a few other jobs like that. But most of those jobs, uh, all of the jobs pay at least $1,000 so they can at least pay their rent. Uh, but the, the jobs that, that take mo more time and more effort um, and more responsibility uh, are usually a little bit more paying um, versus the jobs that are less paying. Um, the photographer job, they actually have the opportunity to make the most money. They get paid by how many posts that they put on Instagram. And I tell them like, you guys can actually schedule out posts, like take five pictures on Monday and then just post them out Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And then you've got everything that you need. And so like learning how to like batch their content uh, and things like that. And a few of the more responsible jobs, uh, they have to turn in a letter of recommendation, uh, particularly like the assistant grader needs a letter of recommendation from a, a former teacher, someone that's not their parent. Um, a photographer needs to provide sample work when they apply for the jobs. Um, the, the person who writes on the board needs to turn in a, a handwriting sample so I can see what their handwriting looks like. Uh, and then they apply for their, their top three jobs in the beginning of the year. And then I just have this big spreadsheet and I kind of start going through and trying to give each person one of their top three jobs. Um, if I can't give them their top three jobs, I do email them and say, hey, I'm so sorry, I can't give you your top job. We do need this job though. And I think you'd be great for it. Would you be willing to do that? And so I try to give a little buy-in from them on that. And so uh, some of them will save up their money. Uh, once they have $4,000, they can decide to buy their desk. Uh, what's funny is one student, we had like two months of school left and then he bought his desk and he was so stoked. He's like, wait a minute, I'm only gonna, I would only have to pay $2,000 in rent if I didn't buy my desk because we only have school for two more months. He's like, Oh, can I, can I, can I sell my desk back? I'm like, Nope, I'm not buying your desk back. So, uh, we talk about buyer's remorse in that regard, as well as when kids spend like a month's wages on a brownie that was sold at the auction. Mm -hmm. Let me ask you a question. Um, it, it sounds like you have a, um, it's very detailed and, and as a teacher, I'm thinking like, okay, how, how could I do this maybe in a science class without it taking so much of my time um, away from content. Yes. Um, I would say even as far as the, I teach math, but it's not really part of my curriculum. It's more of a classroom management system for me. Um, it takes right. a bit of time on the front end in the beginning of the year, as far as kind of explaining it, um, giving time for students to apply for their jobs, training the kids in their jobs. Sometimes they'll have to come to lunch for their training. Um, or sometimes I'll train them during class. Like if it's the board's manager, I'm like, okay, on Monday, I'm going to come show you how to do your job. Um, and I'll, I'll tell you exactly how I want it. And then if it was someone who has to do the fines, um, I'm like, okay, come in during lunch on Monday. Um, and then I'll talk to you about it then. And so there takes some time for training. Uh, but once they kind of know how to do their job, they keep their job for the rest of the year. Uh, and so I don't have to keep doing that part. Um, as far as bonus money, uh, we have one day a month. It takes about 15 to 20 minutes um, where I'm like, okay, uh, it's bonus money day. And the students have these little slips of paper where they, they know they have a list of things that they can get bonus money for. Um, that's the thing that I said, if they got a hundred on a test in the last month, or if they're a part of any, uh, extracurricular sports or, uh, or even if they have tutoring and I, I try to, the extracurricular stuff, I try to be as liberal as I can with the, the bonus money. Um, that usually only takes 20 minutes a month because they, they write down how much bonus money they should get. They go give it to their banker and their banker has access to deposit that money into their account. 
Um, we have an auction once a month, with, which also takes about maybe 15 minutes. Uh, the auctioneer brings three or four items and like, all right, here's our items. This item's starting at $100 and you know the kids raise their hand and stuff. Um, but outside of that, uh, it doesn't take much more class time than the once a month bonus money, the once a month auction. Um, and then I have the students pay their fines. We have hour and a half long classes. And so we're the, we usually have like a, a two to five minute break in the middle. Um, and usually that's when I'll have my fine officer. I'm like, all right, if you have to pay a fine, you can't go on break until you pay your fine. Um, and so it's kind of like a, a, a second consequence of getting a fine. So they're like getting their computers out as fast as they can. They're like, what's my fine? What's my fine? And they pay it. They're like, okay, I paid it. Can I go on my break now? Um, and so it doesn't really cut into class time um, as much as it sounds. It does take a lot of planning uh, on the forefront. Um, but once it's actually implemented, it's actually saving you time because a lot of the kids are taking care of the jobs for you. Um, and then you, you are having that, that bonus money day about 15 minutes once a month and the auction about once a month. And then the things like rent, uh, that's, that's automatically coming out the first of the month and their paycheck is automatically deposited as well. The first of the month so that doesn't take any class time either. So let me ask you a question. Another question. Do you, do you implement, is this something that's implemented school-wide at your school or is it just in your classroom? It is just in my classroom. In the past, I have experimented with um, students. I told them they could they could try to create their own jobs in another class and then get paid in classroom economy money in my class. Um, very few students ended up taking me up on that because I think the system that I developed, like I had that they had to have the teacher sign off that said yes, they did this work. Um, but because I had a teacher reach out to like. Hey, I know you do the classroom economy thing. I don't really want to implement it in my class, but I'd love to have like students that are maybe in your classes uh, put up the music equipment uh, after class. And, um, and so we we developed something with like one or two students, but for the most part, it has just been contained to my classroom. So I, so let let me kind of keep going with this school wide thought. So for those of you who are um, listening and you're an administrator. Um, I'm going to say a buzzword, positive behavior systems, right? Now I'm going to ask you uh, real quick, how, how, would some, how would you implement it school-wide for a principal who's saying, I think this is great for all classrooms everywhere? Yeah, um, I definitely think uh, the challenge will will be. I think the challenge will be buy in from all of the teachers, um, which I guess is the challenge of everything. But I think uh, if student, if they the teachers see, you know, like it's something that the student the really get excited about. Um, that's getting more back into the conversation of why. Um, but I would say, uh, the first place to go, um, is to look at the resources that I ended up looking at, uh, is myclassroomeconomy.org. They've really set it up and nice and neat and organized and say, these are the things you should do before the school year starts. These are the things to do on the first couple of days. This is what to do on the first fine day. This is what to do on the first bonus money day. Um, additionally, a couple years ago, I actually started taking video, uh, throughout my year, kind of doing my own process. Uh, and then like, I videotaped, all right, this is, it's, I'm doing a classroom economy again this year. This is what I'm doing before the year. And then I took videos throughout the year, uh, 
for the purpose of teaching other teachers how I do it. And then I put it together in like this little online course um, because mine was a lot more digital uh, than the resources that Vanguard has at myclassroomeconomy.org. Um, and they are beginning to move uh, to digital. Uh, but I ended up having those those videos together where at the end of the videos, um, people can like be like, all right, for you, you want to try to find out what class jobs do you need for your grade level and for the things that you want done or what finds will make sense for your students or uh, these are the different online bank options. Which one do you think would be best for you? Um, and so then I made a 14-part video series and course uh, to help other teachers do this as well. But uh, myclassmeconomy.org has it all for free uh, there as well. You know, Don, this sounds like something that, um, you know, I, I think schools are scratching their heads on what it is that they can do to engage students at a higher level, yeah. um, specifically your disinterested students. Yeah. I mean, I'm listening to them talk and I'm like, man, if I, I were a kid at a school with a, a school economy and I could, you know, in, in my free time, my mind could be filled with thoughts on how, I'm, how, how I was going to make money, how right. I was going to buy desks and like all these things represent like what people actually do in life. Like uh, I was listening to uh, an audio book or something and it talked about like the, the in life monopoly is really the the game that you're trying to play if you're trying to accumulate wealth and yeah um, different things like that well i'm also uh, thinking on the darker side too though like <laughs> so many and especially at the high school level i hear this from time to time and it's kind of been a societal thing just corporations and capitalism are the worst thing ever mm. uh and you know and have you gotten any pushback on that on, you know, how come he gets to be a landlord? Well, because he's managing his money better. Yeah. I mean, obviously there's winners and losers in this. Yes. Yes, there are. Uh, some students end up going into debt, even though I try to work with them to get out of debt. Uh, Which they, for the record, I love, I mean, yes. figure it out now. Yeah. yeah. Do a thing called the reality store at the middle school I was at, and they went through a simulation. It took a long, it, 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 it took a decent amount of time because they had to balance this checkbook and they, you know, they, they even had like a game of chance. And then in one case you got pulled over for DUI and it cost you 500 bucks. And another one, you want to scratch off ticket for a hundred bucks. Like it had all sorts of things to it. Yeah. And some of the kids are like, life's unfair. And you're like, yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Manage and your money. We, we talk about that because around mid year or particularly at the end of the year, when some students have been really, really smart with their money, they've begun to buy other people's desks. And like, if they're owning three desks, they're now not only getting their job, their, their salary, but they're getting an additional $3,000 a month from, from their tenants. Um, and so they are just making incredible amounts of money compared to their peers. Uh, and so by the end of the year, some students were, we would have an auction uh, and some students were saying, well, that's not fair that this person has all this money. They should only be able to buy, you know, like one or two things because yeah. to give other people. And I remind them like at the beginning of the year, everyone started with how much money? They're like $200. That's right. You all got a $200 signing bonus and yep. you all had the same opportunities um, in, to get bonus money. And you all had the same opportunities to create your own business, which very few of you took me up on. Um, on a side note, some students that I didn't expect to have a successful business end up like really following through and like really creating a successful business where they're creating different uh, designs on 
notebooks and saying like, if you want a Fortnite notebook, it costs $500. And kids were like, yeah, I want a Fortnite. And the kid literally just printed it out and, and taped it to the front of a notebook. <laughs> it's making $500 a pop. But by the end of the year, you know, like I'm having these conversations with them and I'm like, you guys are lucky. You all started at the same yeah. level yeah. At, zero, at $200 and you had the same opportunity. And I tried to even diversify the bonus money that it's not all grade based that if you get hundreds on tests, you're getting bonus money. I'm like, if you go to, if you go to therapy and, and, and take care of your mental health, you get bonus money. If you're in basketball, you get bonus money. If you're in, you know, like as many different ways to get an opportunity. Um, and I tell them in real life, everyone doesn't start at the same level, you know? So you guys even had that, that same opportunity. Um, and so they're like, oh, okay. But I did implement a tax uh, where if you buy, if you only buy one item in the auction, there's no tax. If you buy two items, it's a 5% tax. Uh, and if you buy three or more items, it's a 10% tax um, on, on what you buy to kind of, kind of, you know, meet the kids a little bit where they're at and learn a little bit of where taxes were. And they're like, Oh, if I do pay more, if I buy more, I end up having to pay more in taxes. And, and this like is and the, and the money that you use is like school, like a reward money. Not yeah. And the, well, the thing is there's, I originally started out with like money that I printed out and mm -hmm. they were kind of actually exchanging, but I, I got tired of printing it out and I got tired of like, they had to go to their banker with a deposit slip. I'm like, I don't even do that now. Why am I teaching them how to do that? So it's actually all digital. Um, they mm -hmm. have their little bank accounts. Auction comes up. Everybody opens up their computer, logs into Boule Bank and they're like, okay, I've got this much money. Um, I do the auction right after rent has automatically been withdrawn. <laughs> so that way kids are not like using up their money um, before rent is taken out. Uh, but it's what's left over. They cannot bid on items that they don't have money for. So it's all digital money. Wow. Yeah, and, then the, and then the gifts, or I say the, the how, how do you fund the, uh, what is it? The, the auction, auction items. Yeah, the auction items. Yeah. What's cool about that is one of the class job is the auctioneer. Um, and each month they'll go to a business, a local toy store or a local restaurant. They've brought in gift cards to restaurants. They've bought in puzzles and books. And, um, I think the fact that they are kids going to these businesses and saying like, Oh, I'm, 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 my school does this, this auction thing. Would you guys be willing to donate stuff? Uh, but the irony is like a $25 ice cream gift card doesn't end up going for as much as like, here are, here's the little batch of brownies that I made last night. You know, like the immediate gratification of having mm -hmm. something that they can consume <laughs> right then and right now, right now ends up sometimes going for more than a month's wages. Like I've seen, I've seen a little little tiny bag of like leftover Halloween candy go for $1,300, which is like the average amount of pay they get a month. And so, <laughs> but some of the kids had that, that, that yeah. amount of money where they could still pay their rent and they could still buy that. And That's you see the hands, labor. Yeah. yeah, you see the hands start going down now. They're like 1,000, 1,100, 1,200, 1,000. And then kids are like, you just paid $1,600 for it. And, and the Dr. kid Pepper. slow chews it and looks at you like, that's right. I did. Yeah, that's right. I did. And then sometimes there's like, man, I really should they get caught up in 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 the in the auction and in wanting to win. Um, that they like actually I probably I just kinda wanted to win. I really didn't want this and can I sell it back? I'm like, nope, you gotta keep it. Yeah. I like I'm sitting here thinking about this classroom economy. Um, and this is really my first time hearing it in depth um, i've been exposed to a lot of uh positive behavior point systems and different things like that where you try to 
get the kids engaged, you know, by saying, all right, if you, if you bring your book back to school, we'll give you two points. You know, we, mm-hmm. we target those behaviors, but this, I think kind of transcends um, yeah. all of those things because I, I can see um, a high level of engagement, just thinking about some of the kids that I've taught and just kind of how those systems went. Like I can definitely see kids like school-wide really getting behind something like this and you know it'd be a it'd be a really fun thing and then you there are so many like side lessons that are going to be taught by way of just having them pay rent having Mm -hmm. them figure out ways to earn like you're going to produce a child like if you did this you know if you have a k through eight and you started this in in kindergarten all the way up through your eighth grade and you know by, by the time they leave you you're going to produce some kids who are who are pretty special thinkers. Yeah, yeah. I, I I've my son who's in fourth has a, a mini economy, and there it's not. There's some things missing that you do that I I would you know I love, um, but it, it does Jamal. It in like well, I mean you know what family he belongs to, so he loves entrepreneurialism. But it it, it is that incentive to like you know get those bonus bucks. And, you know, the, you know, you can do this for, you know, the average, but if you want to go here, well, there's a bonus attached to it. And it mm-hmm. kind of incentivized that, yeah. you know, hard work usually equals better pay. Yeah. And, and then, and, but I, I, I just, Tom, I love the, like, just the landlord part of it. That's, yeah. that's to me, the plus one, that's to me the next level, because in some way, and, and again, help, help remind me what grade are you teaching? Uh, middle school, so mostly sixth and seventh graders in my math class. Right, because I mean, I'm just I'm thinking of this. I mean, obviously, the high school <laughs> it's a different kind of thing, but like mm-hmm. at the high work. school level, I could just I could just hear them then raging against the machine that you know <laughs> capitalism's terrible. Yeah, yeah, if you're on, if you're on that side, yeah. uh, and and the people because you know you're you're talking about there is no equality of outcome. There's the equality of the, everybody started the same. Mm-hmm. And and I and I liked that, and and it didn't matter, you know. Everybody started off same, no matter what. But the students that like planned and then had a vision, uh, it's your either, you know, it's it's your way out of poverty if you want it to be, or yeah. it's your it's your path to you know wealth. Now, one other thing though, could could you then help out a buddy and then donate? You know, you feel. You feel yeah. sorry for your neighbor and you're like, ah, oh, I've, I've struggled with that. Uh, in the past, I've said no, mainly because I didn't want other students to become dependent on others bailing them out. Oh, um, <laughs> yes. Oh, man. But, oh, I, worms. but I also <laughs> wanted to promote, <laughs> I also wanted you to promote charitable giving. System? Yeah, codependency. Well, I also, in a way that, that I, I wanted to promote actual giving, um, something that I've done in the past, where I've had students partner with their parents, um, where I sent an email home and I told the students, uh, okay, if you, I want you to sit down with your parents and talk about a charity that you guys both want to give to. Uh, and then come to an agreement that if you save $1,000 in the classroom economy uh, and then give it, you know, your parents will agree to give 
X dollars to whatever charity that you guys decided on. Um, so it gave them an opportunity to actually use their classroom economy money, have a conversation with their parents about what they care about, and then give real money to something that their family could be all about. Um, and in the school context, I think if you did as a whole school, uh, if you wanted to just have it as one charity that you're all moving behind, um, that could work too. But I thought just for this, giving them the opportunity to decide what they wanted to give to would probably give them a little bit more buy-in and like say, okay, yeah, I'm willing to give a thousand of my, my pretend dollars um, to, to this charity. And students ask, do I have to do this? And I never said you have to, but I'm like, I really, I really think you should. Um, I really think when you're, if you can start to develop the habit of giving pretend money, um, it's going to be a step in the right direction when you actually yeah. have real money um, to start giving. Because if you're, if you're struggling to give when it's not even real money, uh, and who's to say it's not real money, you know, it's like it, it has value in the yeah. classroom to purchase Absolutely. things. You know? yeah. um, but uh, trying to develop those, yeah. those habits and those systems and I those opportunities. Uh, Go ahead, Jamal. No, I, I would say this. Um, it, it sounds like you're really on. We talked about side hustles the other day, but I think you're on to like a main hustle. Yeah. Um, I really, I really think that because I'm sitting here, I'm a, I'm a principal of the school, and I'm trying to figure out. I'm trying to ask you questions to figure out mm -hmm. how I can make it school wide. Um, you know, uh, but going back with what Tom said, start off with a teacher that's passionate about it. I yeah. Would try to get, yeah. Oh no, no, no. But but you know, I think I think there there are systems that there are. And I'm thinking positive behavior systems, and this is really like like a like a variation of that. Uh, they have they have all inclusive systems that that track the points that yeah. that um you know give you instructions on how to use it. And I think I think you know if a school were to adopt a, a system that was all inclusive, I think it anything that you start you know at a school. Or you know when you're dealing with more than you know ten people, I think I think it takes about two to five years to really get it down and, and running smooth and make it a part of your culture. But yeah. I think there are some schools that would be willing to um, really commit to a, a long term process in organizing a, a school wide economy yeah. um, for you know for their schools. And it, it sounds like you've you've been around the block a little bit. And you know what kind of works and what doesn't work mm -hmm. for those specific, you know, classrooms. If you were to expand that and have like a just a, a singular track, not a singular track, but something that was all inclusive, a system, mm -hmm. I, I'd be willing to bring you out and, and, and pay for it. Yeah. Well, it's good to know uh, because uh, I was listening to you guys talk about the side hustle, the teacher side hustle. And uh, among the different uh, avenues that I've been trying to do is uh, I've created this classroom economy course. Um, that's basically a 14 part video series where, I mean, it's like setting up the economy, developing your class job, deciding bonus and fine, my, fine money, uh, introducing the system, hiring students, setting an online bank, managing student fines, bonus money day, teaching students how to budget, running a class auction, teaching kids to give to charity, buying student desks, logistics of giving to charity, and the final video ending that year uh, of what I wanted to change um, into this kind of classroom economy resource package where it has those videos. Um, it has the supplemental resources that I use the forms, the Google forms that you could copy and and make and modify for yourself, um, as well as uh, as well as like a little assignment after each video that says like, okay, for you, try to figure out what's going to be the right fit in this application for your classroom, um, and that's that's available on my website. 
Um, but I do also want to say that my Vanguard has something similar. It's not completely digital yet. Uh, and their, their resources are completely free um, at myclassroomeconomy.org. Um, but if you'd like to kind of go a little bit more digital uh, and get a little bit more of uh, what I've been talking about, um, that's available uh, on my website. Uh, and also any opportunities to, to talk to, to other teachers about it and other schools about it, I'm definitely open to that as well. Yeah, man, Jamal, like, because you can keep making this bigger and bigger. And I'm thinking, yeah. like, even if you had five teachers that were doing this, just the, <laughs> you could almost like do the GDP of Mr. of Mr. Wilkinson's class and the GDP of Mr. Wesley's class and say, almost have like a little UN, an economic world forum. Well, like, what's uh, interesting is like, I, I did one of the podcast episodes that I did uh, on story. It's, it used to be called the Tom Gibson podcast, but it's called stories from the classroom. Now the podcast, um, I interviewed an inter economics teacher at my school who does something kind of similar, but it's, it's, it's more part of his curriculum. He teaches government and economics and he does where every week of school is, is representing one year of their life. And it's starting when they're 18 years old and then it's ending when they're at retirement age. Uh, and they have like these jobs and they have to invest money and learn about all of that kind of stuff. Oh. And then there's like, it's, it's, the, the podcast, you actually hear me go into his classroom um, and, and hear the, the chaos of uh, the, the game is called You Only Live Once. It's called YOLO. Uh, the chaos of the students like arguing about buying, buying this or uh, selling, selling land or trying to pass this piece of legislation and not voting for that guy because he's corrupt. And then I sat down with the teacher, Mike Franz, uh, and he kind of broke down how how he went about doing it as well. So, um, if that's a, that's much more specific to a government and economics classroom, um, but that's available uh, on the the stories from the classroom podcast as well. It's from uh, I think maybe late 2000, 2018 episode. Uh, I think it's called gamification in the classroom or something. Mm -hmm. I love that. No, I, I used to, when I taught in middle school, I used to do a thing called fiscal Fridays and I didn't necessarily go into it. Well, again, we had our own simulation game at the end of the year, which I like, I like the daily, the day to day stuff better, but I quickly learned that not every kid might be fired up about poetry. Not every kid might be fired up about uh, essays, but every kid's interested in money. Yeah. And every parent started coming, like they'd come back to school and like, Hey, what was this thing you're talking about? A 529 plan? Hey, what's this thing about like a tax advantage? Uh, this, a, a Roth or something like, and it was just funny that, you know, if we want to talk about engaging kids, yeah, th there's, there's no reality more than an economic reality. Yeah. And, you know, I can just hear the kids like, well, this guy's corrupt probably because he has more money than you. Yeah, <laughs> probably, <laughs> probably because you don't like, well, they even had, uh, there was a, a YouTube video went pretty viral and, and they went to a college campus and, you know, these people were, were protesting for, for equality and they're like, hey, so we've been talking to your university, would you be willing to donate half your GPA? Because here's the amount of students that have a one point GPA or lower. Mm -hmm. And if you gave half your GPA, we'd all be around to see GPA. And they're like, no. <laughs> no. I've worked hard for that. Yeah. Well, wait a second. And so like when you give them economic realities 
um, they'll in a visceral way see, okay, this student, not to quote Drake, this student started from the bottom, now they're here. There's a reason why. Like, okay, this student didn't just blow her money. This student instead invested and now she owns my desk. So anyway, I dig that. I dig that. Well, Tom, I mean, obviously you gave us some some, uh, links and everything else, but uh, tell us once again where to find you right now. Uh, if you'd like to get see the classroom economy resources that I've put together, it is at tomgibson.com. That's T-H-O-M-G-I-B-S-O-N.com slash classroom economy. Um, and you can see everything that's involved with it there. Uh, you can find me on YouTube. I do a lot of uh, just teaching blogs um, and teaching tips and things like that. Uh, YouTube.com uh, slash Gibson EDU. Uh, and on Twitter, Gibson Edu as well. And the podcast, it's not only financially based. Like I, I mean, I had an interview with Don earlier this week, and uh, I'm going to be doing an episode where teachers are leveraging social media in the classroom. I'm editing an episode right now on esports in the classroom. Um, and so it's kind of a variety of different innovative things that are going on uh, in schools. And you can find that podcast, Stories from the Classroom, uh, wherever podcasts are sold. Not sold. Wherever podcasts are available. There you go. No, I'm in love with it. I, I, I love what you're doing with your kids. Um, you know, Jamal, any last thoughts? Man, I have so many last thoughts. I just need, I'm still processing, but I will say yeah. Fire up, like. <laughs> take take a look. I'll I'll send them your way. Take a look at the resources, uh, and then just let me know uh, what questions you have, or for any teacher, uh, let me know um, what you're thinking through, or or, or pain points, or um, like, well, this works for your class, but this is my situation. What do you recommend? And I can have helped other teachers brainstorm uh, and try to problem solve to see what would be the right fit for them. Yeah, I love that. No, well, in a day and age, and I'm not going to go off and rant because we're wrapping it up, but in a day and age where we're getting a lot of educational fluff, a lot of Whitney Houston moments of, I believe the children are our future. And and those inspirational moments are nice every now and then. This is the, this is the hard realities of kids figuring out a lot of lessons in life. And I, I applaud you for that. So with that, for Jamal Crook and Tom Gibson, This is Don Wetrick reminding you, this opportunity is everywhere. We'll see ya.